This week on Kettle of Fish, fashionably nerdy Bonnie Gordon stops by to talk about love and Pokeball. Welcome to our after show. We call Kettle of Fish the No Politics Laughter Show. It's time for Kettle of Fish. No debates, hate, or arguments allowed on Kettle of Fish. It's like a Willy Wonka psychedelic acid trip. So hooray for Kettle of Fish. Alrighty, gulp gulp my little fish heads and welcome to a special bonus episode of Kettle of Fish. I am your nautical host of the podcasting Seaways, Nick the Saucy One Cat Saurus. Fern's not here today. I think we discussed earlier Fern was in here. Um, she's going to kind of be absentee most of the summer. However, let me introduce you to someone who is always on board, my resilient, resilient like a goldfish producer, D, the fabulous D. I'm only resilient like a goldfish because my memory is just as bad as one. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but you, you are quite hardy. You take a, a lot of crap, especially for me because I'm a perfectionist and you, OCD you and a and thousand OCD. other hangups and, of and I'm mental a disorders. Bug. So you know what? You deal with my crazy. I'll deal with yours and we'll meet in the middle. It'll be all good. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to jump right in, but first, um, just to kind of give everybody a heads up, we are not going to be doing too many regular shows. I know we've got James Bruce coming on next Sunday on Kettle of Fish. Um, we got a couple other Kettle of Fish lined up, right, Dee? Yeah, we've actually got a, well, it's not a Kettle of Fish, but we've got a super special episode with John Lear coming up today uh, in about an hour, so that's something to look forward to. We're, we're just, we're going to do some trivia next next week next week this week this friday yes uh with all of lynch yeah we're just it, it's whenever we feel like whatever we feel like but it's the summer of fun that we're slacking. also yes but that also means that whenever possible we will have the phone lines open so if you do something crazy or fun during the summer we would like to hear about it so the phone lines will be open and, and you're not going to like this, but I told like comedian friends, dude, if you're drunk at like three in the morning, wake us up, call us and we'll get you on the air <laughs> if it's a weekend night. Yeah. Good luck. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm not that deep of a sleeper anymore. I think it'll be fun. Yes. I definitely want at least one drunk dial. If I don't get at least one person call me by mid August, Fern has promised she will do it on purpose. So we want oh, that's no fun. We we'll have to fun. call Pat on any random Friday night. We could do that too, or we can get really drunk and and just do a random show. That could be fun too. Oh that wait, that's Friday. Fun. Never mind. Yep. All so right. Speaking of su- fun, summer of fun, all things fun. Who do we have on our bonus episode? Oh my gosh! Today we have we we've had a lot of redheads. I was going to say she's a redhead. She sings. She acts. She just generally hangs out and does fun stuff. Voiceover. Yes, voiceover, cartoony, <laughs> etc. We've got Bonnie Gordon. Marge Rican from Louisiana. The accolades go on and on. Yes. Hi, Bonnie. <laughs> yeah. Bonnie, hey, how's it going? It's me, Bonnie Gordon. Sorry. Well, are I you feeling nice late. and refreshed? Oh, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that. I, you know what? I'll probably go back to sleep. Yeah. So for all of those listening, I think I was supposed to be on what about an hour ago. Yeah, that didn't happen. I worked nights and uh, my body shut down and was like, "Yeah, we're, you're not going to hear this next alarm." And I slept through my podcast interview at noon. So. But you were dreaming about us, right? 
I was, I was. That's why I woke up with such a start, you know, because my heart was beating so fast and it was more like a nightmare. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I is definitely... It, is it disappointing, <laughs> though, to our listeners <laughs> that you just overslept? Shouldn't you made something up like I was mauled oh, by, yes. like, I'm a so roving sorry, gang of koala bears there or was something? A, there was a crazy, like, ninja fight in, in my front yard, and I told them that, you know, this was not cool. And being ninjas, you'd think they'd be quiet, but they were just making so much racket. You know, it was more like a construction crew dressed as ninjas. So uh, that was weird. And, you know, they were apparently doing work on the city, like, uh, and so it was just too loud for me to call in as the ninja crew just would Those not sneaky, stop sneaky yep. Is that better? I mean, that's that makes sense. even a more lame yeah, story, okay. I think. <laughs> That's like ninjas, in the right with, ninjas with construction hats. No, but I mean, the true sad story is I overslept because I, I don't know if you guys keep up with me on social media, but my work ethic, I'm horrible and I do not stop and I go, go, go. And I do. Oh, I know. It took me two years to and, get you on here to get our schedules to click. I know. And then Xander, poor Xander, my business partner, you know, like I'm just like, Xander, you know, he gets off of work. Like, we have to do this. We have to do that. We have to do this. He's like, I need like an hour to not talk about work. And I'm like, not me. Let's go. So I'm Sound uh, familiar, I'm D? crazy. Uh, just a little bit. And I'm like, I yeah. need sleep or I'm not going to be fun. So maybe that, that's probably part of the reason Nick always drives everywhere because he knows that that at least gives me a little bit of opportunity to try to sleep in the car. So I'll be ah, okay. See, that's a good one. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I tend to, I tend to not have much of a social life unless, you know, I'm, I'm seeing friends at like conventions or, you know, comic cons or, um, you know, networking events or, or work related things. Like, you know, the most, the most time I see most of my friends are when we, when the library bards do a music video and we just invite all of our friends to the set and be like, great, now you're in a video. So how you been? You know, like that's been my social life. For the past, I think like, that's a lot of so, creative people. We've been talking about that all yeah, day. And yeah. I've been kind of banging out this, you know, I don't know how much you follow us on social media, but I used to be really immersed in the political world, wrote for a political site, mm. did a political show, and just the toxicity was eating me alive. So I was like, you know I what, bet. dude? I want to get this fucking network away from all this hateful garbage. I was getting like death threats and you know, I can't go to family functions yeah. anymore because of shit with cousins. But you get that. You can get that anywhere. Like I even get those like, you know, just for the dumbest things about, you know, I can't, I can't even, we can go into that later, but yeah, I feel in this industry, especially in the creative industry and in, you know, in entertainment, you, you have to keep going because this, this, uh, industry will eat you alive if you just stop and, you know, take a breather because you have to just keep going and keep, you know, you have to keep producing and creating content or else, you know, people lose interest so fast, kind of like, you know, a, a goldfish or their attention span of three seconds. You know, like, quick, look at all this other content I'm making. Go, you know, you get well, it, goldfish, it's, it's, you know. Exactly. But I see you post, and this has been the theme of today, and this is kind of my on-air catharsis. I've seen you post here and there, if you have a political opinion, something you're passionate about, science, environment, so forth. Yeah. But but most of the time, your stuff is very upbeat, very positive, very fun. It's one of my little refuge away from the hateful social media world. Yeah. I try how to keep you my keep page. that. Yeah. How do you keep the upbeat and the bubbly and the happy with everything that's going on in this country right now? Well, I'm usually a, a positive person regardless. Like, that's just how I am. I'm a very big believer in energy and – this sounds so, like, hokey and, and sappy, whatever. But I, in, my, in my opinion, it is so 
it's just such a waste of time to put negative energy out in the world. Like, it, why on earth would I, like, if, even if I was, like, unhappy or angry or sad, like, I wouldn't want to be around my friends or anyone I know when I'm like that because then it just puts that energy out into their environment and then they, you know, then they, you know, get on that energy and then it's just, you know, it just, and they'll pass it to someone else. It's just so, such a waste of energy and time to put that negativity out there. So I'm a big believer in keeping things positive and focusing on good. And, you know, I'm a very upbeat person. Like if something fails, you know, like a project of mine fails or something doesn't go through, or if I audition for something that I really wanted and I don't get it, you know, I don't even, I, I just don't even, you know, there'll be like a moment of, oh man, that sucks. I'm so upset. And then boom, on to the next. Like I can't, I got to keep moving forward, keep thinking positive. And that just goes with, you know, the world around us as well. Like we have so much hate happening and so much, um, negative that, you know, with all these horrible terrorist attacks around the world and, you know, just the government is just a mess and the environment is just a mess. And, you know, there's really, you're like, oh my God, what, what can do, what can we do to fix this? And then, you know, that's why I keep most, you know, every now and then I'll post like a you know, negative thing, like, wake up people, like, this is happening, this is horrible. But I'll, I'll tend to post more positive things, like this is what's going on in the world right now, that's good. Like, can we focus on this and spread more of that? And, you know, the more good and positive things that we spread, the more of that energy gets, you know, shared around and it in itself should help turn around some of this mess. Well, that doesn't make gonna, sense at all. I sound like a crazy hippie lady, but that's no, it totally what makes I sense. Feel like. really? That's been the theme of today, though, because everybody we've had on here, I said, look, I want to kick off the summer of fun, get the network away from politics, get people on there whose pages I check out when I need kind of like, you know, like you're my cat meme. You're my like, cute, cuddly koala video. Like I jump over to your page, see what you got going on. Yay. I jump over I'm to Matt Geiler's page. Yes, exactly. You don't and, want you don't want no grumpy cat on here, man. No grumpy cat. No, I am. <laughs> this is a okay. no grumpy cat zone. Absolutely. <laughs> but here's the thing, though, right? Like, I don't see all, every guest we have on today. I don't see them getting a lot of troll in. But something struck me as weird. I remember a year ago, and I hope I'm remembering the correct person. I'm almost certain it was you. You had put something up about like getting rape comments or something, and I was like. I don't understand why, and I understand you're an attractive younger woman, and and, and let me just tell you this story real quick because this warps my mind. I have a friend Dana. He's got dreadlocks like down to his ass, yeah. right? And he's very political, and he'll mix it up in different threads, you know, articles or chat rooms or whatever, and he'll get rape right. comments, and he'll be like, "Hey, you know, I'm a dude, right?" And he'll look at his picture closer because all you see is all his hair, and he'll go, "Oh man, I'm sorry." And it's like, it's like, okay, so yeah, you're all right with people. You're okay with people thinking you're a, a man, rapist. But if he was a woman, it's totally cool to leave that rape. They don't, there. yeah, they don't want him to think he's gay. He's like, oh my god, I don't want to come off as gay. But oh, if I'm a yeah. rapist, that's oh, cool. I'm so sorry, dude. My bad. Uh, keep up the good work. You know, it's like what? <laughs> yeah, and I was like, that's crazy. He's like, yeah, yeah, right. It's like they don't want to come off as gay to me. Like if I, if I'm a woman, they're okay with like people thinking they're a rapist, but they don't want to come off yeah. as gay. What is this yeah, like rape thing crazy. with attractive women and men being like their go-to is I'll rape you? I don't get it's it. It's not crazy. Even, it's not even that too. I'm, it, it's all a mouth of trolling. Like um, Xander and I, we do a, a panel a lot on um, uh, different like uh, like because we, we do panels all over at, at Comic Cons, and one of the panels right. that we love doing is like diversity and new media and 
uh, you know, because we're very big on, you know, uh, future of what the entertainment industry is and how it should be more diverse in both casting different race and, and, you know, religion and this and different representation, you know, Xander's a, a gay man. And, right. you know, the fact that more of that is getting represented in media is great. And so we talk a lot about that on panels and he always mentions that, you know, he never knew how bad it was to be a woman on the internet until he and I started the library bars and we share an inbox now to where we'll get messages thinking that, they, you know, people think it's just going to me and they don't realize that there's getting those messages too. But like, you know, it's, it's so, it's horrible being a woman online. Like, you know, and I always just tell people like, because a lot of people get this and they don't know how to deal with it. And all I say is don't feed the trolls. Don't respond back. Don't do this don't do that. Um, like when I was on the quest years ago, I got so many um, private messages saying like, oh, like I was the fat one or hey, you obese bitch or da, 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 you good thing you got. Like just horrible things about my weight. Does that make I you be... not want to be available? Like to have like an email where people, because there's lots of people you can't even reach on the internet. Does that make you not want to well, be accessible? I, I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I, I keep myself completely open. Like even on my, my private Facebook page that's like for friends and family, my personal one, I keep it completely 100% public. So people can follow me on it um, because I have my professional page as well that people can, you know, like and message me on there. And I'm very active on that as well. And I'll always write back and, you know, or at least I'll try to sometimes they get buried and I'm like, Oh crap, I didn't write back to this person months ago. I feel horrible. But, um, you know, I, I try and keep the action with my, with fans or with, you know, people who want to, you know, ask questions or anything. I try and keep it completely open because I've always been an open book. You know, I'm always very outgoing and, you know, like you said, upbeat and, you know, whatever. Like I want that, I want to share that with people that want to ask me questions or that want to meet me or are interested in my life. So I keep my personal page completely 100% public so they can, they're welcome to follow me on that. They're welcome to follow me on my professional page. My Twitter, I'll, I'll answer, you know, tweets. I'm really, I'm really active on Twitter uh, now. I used to hate Twitter, but now it's been so great, with my, especially with my voiceover stuff because no one knows who I am. No one knows my face when it comes to my voiceovers, like with video games and, and the cartoons and stuff. So I can like Twitter search people who are playing my game and like commenting about my character or, you know, sometimes they'll have horrible things to say about my characters, but most of the time they're like, Oh, I love this character's voice. It's so cool. And I'll tweet back at them. Like, thank you so much. With, like a little heart or something. They freak the F out. They're like, Oh my God. So it's yeah. Really it's cool weird. That, you know, I'm able to, I'm able to do that and, you know, get that personal connection with people who are, you know, interested in me or who are, you know, liking what I do. So I like that, but I always tell people who are experiencing negative remarks, do not feed the trolls. Usually I'll just delete them and not respond back. Uh, there are a few times where I have, where I, I, I'll respond back and then they'll freak out, not thinking that I would actually see it or get it. They're like, oh dude, I'm so sorry. Like, I was just like, you know, look, I, you know, I'm not going to lecture you or anything, but just let you know, there's a human being on the other side of the, you know, screen and you really hurt me and you hurt my feelings and, you know, or like I remember, you know, responding back to a tweet that was like, you know, oh, you know, the obese girl, you know, Bonnie should be eliminated because she, you know, something. And I wrote back and I was like, if obese means being like a size eight, you know, I'm in big trouble, <laughs> you know, you know, with like a little like LOL thing. And then they wrote back, you know, they private messaged me going, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't think you'd actually see that. You know, like I. I well, why really does bad. it make it you okay? Know? They and don't just, think you're going to see it. Exactly. Not only that, it's like, what, why, would, why would you make me think that I wouldn't see that? You're discussing about me, a person you know is on the other side of the screen. Like, 
you know what I mean? Like what you think I don't, you know, see what people are saying about me. Like it's, yeah, but people Very think hurtful, you live he, in he some giant castle. Like, they you know, see you on TV, and they don't believe that they can even reach you, right? Because people have this right, idea, if they see you on television, and you're, like, living in Beverly Hills in some mansion with manservants yeah, all around you. Yeah, that's what they, and, people have such a warped vision of Hollywood. Like, I'll get, I'll get, you know, messages from people, you know, like, or especially kids, uh, like, you know, yeah, like in middle school or high school, you know, they're like, oh, my God, I love you. You were such an inspiration. You know, they, they write me the most amazing things. And that's the reason why I'm so glad I did the quest, because I felt like I really was kind of like the underdog of the show. Like, I was not very physically fit. And I was kind of like the, I don't know what I'm doing uh, most of the time. And, um, you know, they I got a lot of parents, especially writing in, saying, like, thank you so much. My kid feels like they don't have to be, like, the fastest runner in PE. Wow to, you know, be cool and stuff like that. And, uh, and I would write back, you know, thanking them and being so, you know, happy to have touched them like that. <laughs> Not like that, but you know what I mean? And well, he'd write me back going, is this really Bonnie or her assistant? And I'm like, assistant? Uh, like, people have such a warped version of Hollywood. I was like, how much do you think we got paid for that show? Because, uh, yeah, I mean, tell that to my bank account. I'd love to hire an assistant because then I get so much more work done. I could I would I would send them out for coffee because that's what I live on. If you couldn't tell by the fast talking of my conversation, I'm drinking coffee right now. But uh, well, see, I was lucky. Yeah, I learned that people, early on, even before I got into this world. Like I had yeah. a friend who was in a pretty famous band, and he would come home from world tour to his mom's house and be selling his guitars on eBay because he didn't have enough money yeah. like, for gas. It's insane. And, I'm like, and then like. You know, Xander and I are, are, you know, social media pages. You know, we're traveling all over the country to these different Comic-Cons and we're selling our music and T-shirts and this and that. So everyone's like, wow, you guys are, you know, so successful at doing this and that. And then we get home and we're like, okay, how are we paying our electricity bill? How are we like, okay, let's go to the dollar store and, and you know, buy groceries because, you know, that's what we have to live on. And we have a Patreon right now, which has been amazing, such an amazing help. Uh, we started a Patreon, and now we're at about $1,000 a month from fans that want to help wow. us. And, yeah, it's fantastic. And what we use that for, it goes so fast, though. What we use that for is new tracks, uh, studio time uh, to record the songs, and then the music videos, which is what which really sucks the budget. Like, our last uh, Spock music video was about $3,000. But uh, it, it helps so much because now it's not just coming out of Xander's nice pocket. We're able to, you know, use – like, our fans want us to – use that for other things. So we're able to use their money for craft services or, you know, renting, you know, with our last music video, it was all, it's all Star Trek. So we rented the captain's chair and Sulu's helm using the Patreon money. It was just such a huge help that we were able to do so much more and, and we're going to be releasing the video in the next week or two. So uh, keep a lookout for that. Cause I think it's our best one yet. And we really went full out on it. Like when it comes to, you know, makeup and costumes and hair and, you know, the set and green screen. It, like, we went crazy. <laughs> we went well, Love and Pokeball was up for a Logan Award, right? So, I mean, yes. that's pretty so successful. Our, yes, our music Poke, our music video Pokeball just got nominated for a Logan Award. We're flying to Chicago next weekend for the award ceremony and Funk Fest, which is a comedy music festival. It's uh, th That community has been so welcoming and wonderful to us because we're really new to this. You know, Xander and I just started this 
uh, a couple years ago, and we really didn't know what, what we were doing. Like, we didn't know our brand. We didn't know our sound. We didn't know. So, like, let's just start a band because, you know, that's what we do in this industry. We just throw, throw spaghetti noodles at a wall and see what sticks. And it has been so rewarding um, to be able to, you know, see where it's come from. Like, if you look at some of our earlier music videos, you know, we're very proud of them, but, you know, they're all done with even less budget of what we have now. And, you know, you can see the quality of our music videos just get better and better as, as we kind of learn from our mistakes and learn what we're doing. And Pokeball was our last music video we released, and everyone was just so... Uh, the, the, the the comments and the, the feedback has been so great from it. And when it got nominated for it, we were like, holy shit, this is actually happening. We're actually doing Does this make you feel you know, seasoned, good. though? Or does it make you feel like I am just on leg one of the journey? No, I feel like it just makes us feel like we're on leg one of the journey because we're like, okay, because now we just joined um, the Academy. Like, you have to sign up for the Academy of Music or something. I don't even know. Uh, and we're going to try and submit our album, Bard Core, to get on the ballot for a Grammy for best comedy album. So Holy we shit. don't even know if that, we don't even know if it's going to be possible. Like if we can get on the ballot just to at least to get, you know, checked off to hopefully be nominated, that'd be amazing. Uh, we really don't know what we're doing, which is kind of, we're just kind of walking around in the dark going, well, let's see if this works, but we're going to attempt it. Cause we're like, you know what? Like if we're going to do this, we're not going to pass it. We're going to go in full throttle and we're going oh, yeah, to, we're talking to different, uh, yeah, we're talking to different production companies to see if they want to start producing our music videos and jumping on that because we're really hoping, like, within the next year or two to, you know, be pumping out videos uh, more frequently and really, you know, getting a fun, like, kind of YouTube following. And and that, because really, with our music videos, they're pretty much just commercials for our album. It's like, look at this song. Now you should buy the album, you know. And so we're already starting to work on our second album, Xander thinks I'm crazy because, you know, we just released the first one. I'm like, great, now the second one. And he's like, whoa, 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 I need a breather. And I'm like, I don't. We need to start this now. Well, You're, I want to pause and talk about this album, though, because one thing I'm wondering, I listened to the album. I think I, I sent you an email, and I was like, man, it's crazy because I don't even like these songs, the original versions. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, I'm a lyric guy, too, and I always wrote the lyrics for my bands. But I, I love these versions. When you're writing, the you. writing process, yeah, no problem. The writing process, is it like, hey, here's this new song that came out. It's a big pop hit. Now we have to find like content, nerd content that fits that. Or are you like, man, um, I want to write about the new Star Wars movie this week. What song can I work this into that's already out there? You know, it, it really varies. It really varies. When we first started, it was like, oh, let's grab popular songs off radio and make them, you know, uh, nerdy. And, you know, all, obviously all about that bass. That one was an obvious one. That was the first one we wrote was all about that space. And uh, that's when I was recovering from vocal surgery. Xander and I decided to come up with, to start a band when I couldn't speak. Because this was two years ago. I had well, I got to dig twice. into this. You had vocal surgery? Yeah. I had vocal surgery twice. So I have shitty genetics where instead of growing a cyst on my ovaries or like my elbow or some other normal place where a cyst would grow... It grew on my vocal cord. Is an elbow normal? And being normal? a singer, <laughs> what? Is an elbow normal? I don't. Is that know. a normal cis place? That's awesome. I don't know. My it's dad, once, my dad had a, a cyst on his elbow before. That's why. That's why I said that. Maybe that's not normal. But he had one growing on his elbow once that he had to have removed. But uh, so I had one on my vocal cord, and it was you know it, just like anything like nodules or 
polyps. It was it, it was affecting my singing, but to a really really crazy degree. So I was like, well, I got to uh, you know do something about this. So I had vocal surgery, and the surgeon, you know, she was very you know timid about it, going like, look, I'm going to go in. You might need to have a second surgery because I I don't want to you know go in too deep. She didn't take it all off. Basically, she was worried about damaging my vocal cords. And it grew back, of course, because she didn't take it all off. So I went to a different doctor, and he was like, I'm going in, like, full aggressive mode, and went in and took off everything. And he, he pretty much, it, it, my voice is 100 times better. There's still some bad days where, you know, I can't hit the notes that I want to just because my voice gets tired more easily now. But for the most part, like, I'm able to rock out so much harder now. It's great. And, Do you um, feel kind of constrained though by the like by having a I mean, disparity thing where it has yeah, to be like I can't pick a song that I really like that nobody's ever heard of and do a parody of it. That's just not going to work. Or do you not think about things like that? We don't think about things like that. For us, it's more of a you know we have a long list of fandoms we want to cover. We have a long list of songs that we love that we know that, uh, would be really you know good for my voice and Xander's. Uh, I don't know if you guys, if you listen closely, all the high notes and on all the high harmonies, that's all Xander. Xander does all the harmonies and high notes. So it's really funny, actually, that wow. um, between he and I, like, I'm always the lower voice and he's the higher voice. When we sing live, I tell people, we can get Xander going, is that him singing the... <laughs> right. Click up there. And uh, it's always funny to watch their reactions when they, when they see that it's Xander singing the harmonies. Uh, but in any case, it's great that, um, you know, our voices blend very well together. We have the same sense of humor. Uh, there, there are songs that I've written without Xander. There are songs that he's written without me because we're more familiar with the fandoms. For example, um, uh, most of the songs we do write together. But, like, for example, Sailor Moon song. Xander's a huge Sailor Moon fan. And I know Sailor Moon. I've watched Sailor Moon. I don't know it like he does. He wrote the Sailor Moon song. And then, you know, like, there's other songs on the album that I've written by myself um, that, you know, and then, and then we kind of get together and we go back and forth with it and we'll make changes to it together and, you know, perfect it together. But, but you guys um, are roommates as well, right? We live together now. When we first started the band, we weren't living together. And then there was a living situation that came up for Xander to where he, ha- he was going to have to move. And he was looking for a place. And I was like, dude, just move in with me. And we'd get so much more work done. And he's like, of course you think of this as a work thing. I'm like, look, dude, we got a lot to do. <laughs> so he that is with me and crazy. we've so been guys... inseparable ever since. We live so together. You... We work together. We travel together. We're pretty much uh, together all the time. And we've still never had a fight. So not well, you wood. just beat We're me to the punch. Because I was going to ask yeah. you that dynamic. How are you guys not at each other's throats? It's uh, it's really great. I think we're both so easygoing that we really don't get mad or upset. There are times when he's like, Bonnie, you need to, I need some space. I need to work on other things. I'm like, okay. You know, but it's never like in an aggressive mean way. It's kind of just like, Hey girl, I'm going to go in my room and play some video games. You need to chill. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. I'll go, I'll go work on something else then, you know? <laughs> so, and we actually have opposite schedules too. So everyone's like, wow, how would you guys aren't at each other's throats? There are times where I won't see Xander for days because he works during the day. Uh, and then by the time he gets home, I've already left for work to go work at night because I work at a, a nightclub called the Magic Castle. It's like a magic club in Hollywood. And so by the time I get home from work then, he's already in bed 
and then he's up early at like seven and you know six thirty seven a.m. I'm not up at that time because you know sometimes I don't even go to bed till that time. So yeah, we we're, we work opposite schedules, so it works out. Um, when when it was just the two of us living together, we never saw each other. It was really funny. People were like, oh, tell Xander this. I'm like, I won't see him till the weekend when we're at a con, so it'll have to wait. And, you know, your career is so fascinating to me. We talked a little bit about how you grew up in, uh, was it Fayetteville, Louisiana? Do I have the town right? Uh, Lafayette. Lafayette, Lafayette Louisiana. Louisiana. And Bro Bridge. Bro Bridge, Louisiana. My backyard was a bayou. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. How, do you, how does the, this little Bonnie Gordon make it out of that area? Like, did you purposely have, like, a game plan? I, I don't even know how you define yourself. To be honest, me and Dee were like, do we say musician? Do we say actress? Do we, you know, like, how do we even define yeah, her in I, the intro? I still don't even know. I still don't even know how to define myself. Like, when people say, oh, are you an actress? I hate saying that here, especially out in Hollywood, because when you say, oh, I'm an actress, it sounds so cliche. And that's what everyone says. You know, I usually just tell people I do voiceovers because um, that's kind of the way my career is, is headed, I feel. And as much as I love, you know, doing on-camera stuff and, you know, and, and the library bards obviously is something completely different. That's like my own creative project that we're working on ourselves. And we actually have some big things happening for that. Xander will probably kill me for even mentioning this, but we might be trying Ooh, to Ooh, give us the exclusive. On a- Okay, he's gonna hate me for saying this, but we're working on a project that uh, of the library bards that we want to see uh, become bigger and hopefully like be like some kind of like television show type of thing. So I'm not gonna say any more details on that. But this is a no world more. of like you know we're pretty good pals with John Lear and he's always pitching stuff and stuff falls through. Right. They were supposed to have something right. going with HBO. But we and have- it- good leads happening uh maybe you'll hear more about it in the future so (laughs) all right i won't push i do want to talk about voiceover because everybody i've ever had on the show that's done voiceover work says it's the sweetest creative job in town um you do video games yeah you do video games and cartoon voiceover work is there a huge difference between the two? Because I imagine the dynamic in video games is going to be totally there different. There is, especially. There is a big difference. Um, with video games, especially the fighting games, like, you know, Street Fighter and some of those other ones, uh, you know, you'll be in the booth for like an hour just going, huh, ha, hit, huh, you know, getting punched and, and hit and, you know, attacked and, you know, making attack noises. And it's very stressful on your voice, but it's so rewarding in the end because it's so much fun. Uh and then, you know, I, I do I do anime. It's, what's, different, what's the big difference between doing anime and cartoons is that with anime, it's already animated. Everything's already done. They already have voices on this in Japan and overseas. And now I'm just adding the English dubbing over it to where I have to match, you know, the flaps and make it look like it's natural. And, you know, like I have to kind of match the tone and the quality that they want that the Japanese have already established with cartoons where, like, I'm going in, and all they have right now is, like, the storyboard and the animatic, and it hasn't even been animated yet. Like, wow. I have a lot more freedom because I can – I'm creating this character. There's no other character like it before me, and I'm saying these lines, and then they're going to have to go and animate around my voice, which is so cool. I'm just like, ha-ha, I have all the power. Take that, animator. Well, it's pretty fast-paced, right? Because I've always heard you go in, it's just like, da-da-da, 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 da-da-da. Okay, it's a wrap. Bye. Yeah, like there, there are times when I walk into a studio 
and, you know, and they'll block off a huge chunk for me. I'm done in like 15 minutes. They're like, okay, quick, what else can we get? Uh, now you're woman number two and you're, you know, little boy number seven. I'm like, great. <laughs> so I'll go in to play like this one role, especially in, especially in anime. Like I'll go in, I'll play like one or two different roles and then no, and then I usually, you know, finish on time because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I pride myself that I'm, I'm pretty quick. I'll, you know, if they, if they direct me and give me what they want, I can usually knock it out. And uh, they'll, they'll, so then they'll give me all these like little like you know crowd noise and do this and walla walla. And I'm like, okay, walla walla for another hour. You got me. Yeah. <laughs> so when so you reflect on all this. Like, how important is legacy to you? Like, I always tell people when they come on the show, I go, you realize 100 years after you're dead, somebody may be playing a hologram of, like, the library bards in their living room. Oh, God, I feel so sorry for them if that's what they want a hologram. But they might be doing that, right? So it's like, is any of this legacy building, is any of this like, hey, I want something to live beyond me when I'm gone? Or is it like, I need to create... And that's all I'm focused on is the here and now. It's I need to create, man. It's you know, growing up, like I never I always knew I wanted to be, you know, in this industry. I was like the really nerdy kid with like the braces on my legs and the headgear and the and the, you know, you know, really awful eyesight with the glasses and the high waist, like so I was wearing Urkel pants. Like I was that nerdy kid, you know, wow. reading books and talking to trees at recess to where like but uh, but you know, what were you saying to trees? Well, I, no, no comment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say when Pocahontas came out and Grandmother Willow started talking back, I was like, oh, my God, I knew it. I knew trees could talk. I was a big believer in, like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I was such a nerdy kid. I and loved, the like, world has beaten that out Wizards of and dragons. And I'm, I'm still like that. Like, there's, I still have this weird childlike wonder about things. But when it comes to, uh, you know, what I wanted to do, like, you know, I'd be like this nerdy little four-year-old that, you know, had like a, you know, weird everything. And the doctor would be like, so what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm like, a movie doll. And he'd just look at my mom and go, yeah, your kid is in for a real eye opener. You know, <laughs> you know being from Louisiana, like, you know, there's just not a lot of, I mean, now they're making so many movies down there too. It's crazy. But, but back when I was growing up, jump? there was did nothing. Did you just head out to like LA one day or was it a progression? Well, after... I was in I was in college in Louisiana. I was you know a musical theater major, opera minor, um, you know really, you know pursuing that creative life. And I I loved theater. Like I grew up doing theater. That was my big thing. Especially when I discovered theater and musical theater. Especially I was like, wow, this is something I'm actually good at. And like speech and debate. And this is this is where something where I can do where people are respecting me. And I, you know, I found it, it was like finding family. It was wonderful. And after Katrina hit, I was like, I felt like that was my wake up call. Like I need to get out of Louisiana. I need to make the jump. And, uh, I decided to do the Disney's college program in Walt Disney world because they went to the schools in Louisiana, especially the ones affected by hurricane Katrina. And were like, Hey, you know, we're doing, we're reaching out to you guys. Do you want to come, you know, get away for the summer, for the year, do the, you know, Disney's college program. It was their way of getting cheap slave labor, but whatever. I was going to say, I heard it was to pretty me, brutal. Yeah. To me, it was like my, it was like a big wake up call. Like I can make this leap now. And, you know, a lot of people are like, stay in school. Don't go drugs. All this stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I should stay in school. But I feel like I wanted to, I wanted to go to college out of Louisiana so badly. I auditioned for 
uh, NYU in New York, and I auditioned for CU, the University of Boulder in Colorado, and I got into both, but I didn't get any scholarships because, you know, I'm like a little dorky kid from Louisiana. Like, they just, you know, I was, I was good enough to get in, not good enough to have them pay my way, and it was just too expensive. So I had to stay in Louisiana where pretty much college was free for me. And after Katrina, they started pooling funding everywhere from anything they could in the state to help rebuild New Orleans. And one of the first things to go were the arts in colleges, like in, in education. They were pulling things from the Stop. theater departments, from the music departments. And, you know, I went from having a full-paid scholarship to where I didn't know if I was going to have a scholarship at all the following year because they were pulling all the scholarships as well. And I was one of the lucky few. They, they, they picked, like, two freshmen, two sophomores, two juniors, two seniors to keep their full scholarships. Like they, you know, they still, they did like a thing where the teachers selected, they had like a board meeting and they selected the kids that were going to keep their scholarships. And I was one of the few, I was luckily one, one that select was selected to keep it, but I didn't know if next year that was going to be a possibility. So I felt like it was my time to jump because, you know, our, our department went from having like a huge budget for the musical to like having $75 for the big summer, for the spring musical. And it was just like, what? Like, what can we do with that? You know, we have nothing. Hmm. To answer that question though, we, we put some urine town because we were like, well, at least we can just all dirty ourselves up and <laughs> sing about pee. <laughs> but, you know, and that's always, you talk about the arts and they're talking about like PBS getting cut and all that stuff. And it's yeah. just, and even with education, I mean, these are things I've never understood how these are the first things to take the hit, but that war machine, man, let's keep feeding that war machine. We, we Our yeah, war budget, our military horrible. budget is like the next 17 countries behind us combined. Oh, no. we like, could, it's crazy. We could go on and on about how the funding of our country is just a mess. I mean, look at our healthcare system. Our healthcare system is just horrible. Like, I, I never want to go to the doctor because even though I have insurance, I still can't afford it because my insurance is horrible. And also my insurance is expensive and I, it shouldn't be because I'm, you know, like poverty level. <laughs> yeah. Income, it's tragic. We so, could go on. But, uh, but, but after the college program, so I was in Orlando working in Orlando and I got cast in a show down there outside of Disney called Tony and Tina's wedding. And it's a, it's a dinner theater show. It's been going on for years and years, especially like in New York and Vegas. And I was so excited. I was part of the original cast of the show and, you know, we did, I did that for a while and then had the opportunity to go on tour with this medieval gypsy show. <laughs> it's very bizarre. I went on tour for a couple months, like all around like Minnesota and up in that Wisconsin, Minnesota area to Renaissance fairs with this like equestrian trick writing show where they were like dressed as medieval knights and they were jousting and sword fighting. And very I was kind nice. of like their MC like their winch, you know, like, hello, pop it, hello, love, you know, like I was like their crazy winch lady who would just scream at them from the ground and then, uh, and like kind of MC the thing and keep, you know, ta- uh, charge of all the points. And then we would, then they would change and it would be like this gypsy show where they would like juggle fire and do backflips off the horses and all these crazy things. And it was a really cool show. It was great. It was a great experience. I could always tell my kids when I, you know, when I'm old and, you know, don't can't move anymore. I'd be like, oh yes, your grandmother went on tour with the gypsies, you know. So that'll be a fun story. I wish I had a gypsy story. Right, and then but after that was done, I was like, well, 
I can either move back to Orlando or I can try a different adventure. Because I, I was very big on the fact that if I move to a city, if I don't feel like I'm growing or, like, you know, learning and, and becoming better in, in the creative field, I'm just going to – or if I don't feel like it's a home for me, I'm going to move until I find some place where I feel like I belong. So I talked to the producer of Tony and Tina's Wedding, and I was like, hey, I would love to come back to the show, but I don't think, if Orla- I don't think Orlando is for me. And I was very lucky that a few girls were leaving the cast of Tony and Tina's Wedding in Vegas. So he transferred me to the Vegas cast. So I lived in Vegas for a year doing that show, singing with a couple bands. I worked at the Star Trek Experience. I was one of the actors in that, which was incredible. And that's what ultimately turned me into a Trekkie because I was like, wow, you have to be. Like when you're wearing the Starfleet uniform, you just become a Trekkie. It just happens. And, uh, and then... After a year of that, I was like, you know, I'm just, I, this isn't for me. I, Vegas isn't for me. So I packed up my little car, did, you know, and drove It sounds like you're really okay being alone, though. I, I don't hear any of these stories where there's a significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. I mean, are you not no, somebody who dates a lot? People. How well, do you even find time? Because it sounds like you're running a 1,000 miles an hour. It's funny because... <laughs> So I think I have this curse where when I date someone or in a very, you know, in a significant relationship with someone, the next girl that they date or the, the girl that they, they date me for or the girl that they cheat on me with is the one that they end up marrying. So that You're like um, that movie. What was that <laughs> Good movie? Luck Good Luck Charlie Good luck or Chuck. whatever? Oh, Good, Good Luck, luck Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. You're the female. When I saw Chuck. that movie, when I saw that movie, it touched, it touched the major heartstrings. I was like, oh, boy. this is my life except it's not just the whole sleeping with me it's like you have to actually physically date me for a long extended period of time but it's happened about seven times now so ouch i feel like i have a pretty good track record so but now you have xander Uh, and everyone everyone i've left behind they're happily married with someone else that they left me for so that it's fine that's Um, the real magic d you wanted to jump in here no i was just telling her i was like now she has sorry i just I rambled. You guys got to shut we me up. We do the up. same thing. Like, we're really bad for that. It's it's ridiculous. Um, you no, don't know I, how many times Dee emails me through an interview, and she's like, all right, move on. All right, we got five minutes left. Right. All right, she really oh, keeps well, me I'm sorry. on no, you're good. This will probably be your longest one yet, and you're going to have to, like, you no. know, just be like, well, we're just going to never. We're gonna have to cut this down. No, no trust we've... me. I've had 30 minute shows turn into two hour shows. I never yeah. shut up. He so doesn't. it's refreshing oh, to just good. sit back and listen. No, Anyways, I was just going to say, it's, you know, it's, it's okay. Now you've got Xander and you guys like get along perfectly together. So maybe someday you two will be sitting next to each other on the front porch and rocking chairs and knitting and cussing about this one or that one. And there you go. It'll be all good. We Every, joke about it all the time. Like it's like we're going to be the old cat ladies sitting yes. on the porch, you know, surrounded by cats going, oh, remember that time we did the library barge? Oh, yes, that was lovely. You know, just Yeah. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> needs we're, somebody we're like that. Yeah. But you am, feel good, though, right? Yeah, yeah. In the place Well, I am dating up? someone right now, though. I am oh, dating cool. someone right now. So that's that's been going well. And uh he surprisingly doesn't feel threatened by Xander because they're really good friends. So that's been great. <laughs> well, I would think it's a time I date someone, know, right? How do you time I date someone, it's, well, it's, that's something we've had to work around. But luckily, he loves to travel too. So he will sometimes come to the cons with us and help us work the booth. Uh, so that's been great. That's been a big part of my life. Where yes. if, I, if I date someone, especially in this part of the time in my life, you have like to they have to, to understand 
I am traveling every weekend. You know, the, you know, next weekend we're in Chicago. Weekend after we're in Vegas. You know, then San Diego Comic Con, then Hawaii. Like we, we travel a lot. Yeah. And and they have to be either okay with that or willing to be like, you know what, I'm coming with you. And and that's the best part, especially if we have an extra person there, because Xander and I, when we do cons, like we'll, we'll usually be like morning to night of programming. Like we'll try and do panels. We'll do a concert. We'll do the cosplay contest where we perform and host it and, you know, more panels and a, a meet and greet. And, you know, we try and cram all of this in for the whole weekend and we're exhausted by the time we're done because we're also running a table and a booth, you know, with our merchandise on top of everything. So it's yes. so great to have that extra person there yeah, to help when, us who when also you can put them, us. And, yeah, when you can put them to work, it's so much better. Like I plan events yeah. so for the nonprofit that I work for. Dating me. And it's just like, yeah, exactly. It's like, well, look, yeah. I do a lot of things, <laughs> so you're going to have to come work for me, okay? That's just that's just part exactly. of it. <laughs> exactly. If you date Bonnie Gordon, you become an employee. <laughs> exactly. uh, Bonnie Gordon, Inc. Well, let me ask you this because um, we got to wrap this up. Is okay. this a, like all the stuff you're talking about, doing the cons, doing the mm -hmm. traveling, all the grunt work, is it a means to the end just so you can get out there and be on stage? Or do you thoroughly enjoy the whole process? Or do you oh, feel like a lot of it's grunt work? Oh, well, we definitely thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, we love going to cons. We love meeting people. Uh, what I've loved about doing the cons and performing our music is the library bar, you know, we don't have a huge fan base. You know, we're very, we're not very known at all. But because we travel and do these cons, we build our fan base up slowly, you know, one con at a time. But I feel like we have a personal connection with all of our fans. Like we know this fan from Oklahoma when we did the comic con there, we know this fan from Houston, we know this fan from New Jersey, you know, so it's really cool. And what's great about it is that uh, a lot of the fans from King of the Nerds that, you know, adore Xander or from the quest or from, uh, you know, the, the street fighter stuff that I've done or the other voiceovers like fire emblem and, some of the other projects that Xander and I do, they'll come to us for that because they'll see that we're at the cons and they'll come to us for that and be like, oh, we loved you on this, we loved you on that. And then they like, oh, library bar, what's this? And then we're able to bring them in. You're like, okay, this is what we do now and come join us, come join our little bard cult. And it's been great. The, you know, our, I, I hate even calling people fans because I really feel like they're just fellow nerds geeking out over the same things I am. Um, you know, especially with like the quest, everyone's like, oh, I'm such a big fan of the quest. I'm like, dude, me too. <laughs> I don't care if I was on it. It was great. Like, it was so much fun. Let me tell you more. And I'm able to give them this perspective of what, what it was like, you know, being on it, but still geeking out over it, you know, cause I watched that it, is like, amazing little doofus too. And it's so neat that like, you know, we go, we, we were going to cons even before we started the library bar, not even as guests, just going as, you know, patrons of the con and, uh, you know, now it's so great being on the other side of it, being guests at cons, because it's like, wow, now we're on the other side of the table, and it's so interesting. And the more the more we work and the more credits we build, the more cons are able to convince to have us. Most of them have no idea what the library bards are and really don't want the library bard aspect of what we do. But whenever we send uh, an, an you know a questionnaire asking them if they want us as guests, we'd be like, here are our credits. This is what we offer. You know, and also is what we do and you know they'll usually have us as guests because of king of the nerds and street fighter and like the voiceover credits and whatnot and then the library bars is just something extra that they're like okay this is what they're going to do and then once we do the library bars they're like oh my gosh we need the library bars for next year and then it becomes they become fans of the library bars not us and that's really cool 
when we first started this, you know, we'd be walking down and people would be like, Xander from King of the Nerds or Bonnie from the Quest, and people would stop us for pictures, uh, either one of us. So it's funny. I would take a picture of Xander, you know, with, with people, and then a fan would come up to me, and then he would take a picture of them with me. Like, so we were, like, taking pictures of each other. And then now people are like, the library bards, and they're recognizing us for what we do together, and that's what's special. It's, this is our baby. This is something that we created, and it's and it's really, really special, and we love doing it so much. I love going to cons. Yeah, I wish that I had a little bit more time to, like, breathe and eat during them, but for the most part, like, they're just so much fun. Wow. Okay, Um, where are we at? We're 10 minutes till. I think we got to wrap it up. I want to thank you no. so much. This was two years in the making. We finally did it. I know. And I would love to come on again. I promise I'll yeah. try and make more time. I, I Podcasts, I need to start making more time for because I love doing them. And I just, they, I just, my schedule just never allows it. <laughs> well, the good news is, is we're going to be open all summer. We were doing um, scheduled shows. We own our own network. So we've been doing scheduled shows, but our business partner has some family issues and she's gone back up north for the summer. So I, like I told Dee, I said, hey, let's just keep the phone lines whenever we're home had the phone lines on. If someone calls us at three in the morning drunk, they call us at three in the morning drunk. We pick up the phone. And we yeah, you guys should, you should, guy, you should hear Xander drunk because he's a delightful person when he's drunk. He's a delightful person when he's sober. So uh, I'm going to- He needs to call uh, me drunk try, one night. Let's try sometime this summer to do a podcast with the two of us. I know he was going to try and make it today, but he had a different project that he's working on. Uh, he's choreographing a music video, actually. That's not a library of art music video. Ooh, so, nice. Uh, he's cheating on me with another music video. How dare he? Wah, wah. Yeah. So Kofefe. <laughs> I gotta do? work that so out. So Alrighty. <laughs> we gotta jump off here because we got John Lear coming up for our little um, Summer of Fun Extra. I want to thank you many times over for calling in. Yay! And please tell everybody where to find Bonnie Gordon on the interwebs. Woohoo! You can find me uh, all over social media at Bonnie Bell G, that's Twitter and Instagram, or the easiest way to find me is at Library Bards, all over social media. I'm talking Library Bards, you say? Library Bards, it's like library cards, but with a B. Ah, nice. Uh-huh. And where can we find Xander? Let's pitch him while you're here. Oh, yeah, at Xanderific. Uh, I'm going to misspell that. I think it's with two R's and one F. Or one R and two F? No, it's it's with two R's and one F. F. That's terrific on Twitter. Make the fans work for it. You can find both at Library Bards or LibraryBards.com, Patreon.com slash Library Bards, Facebook at the Library Bards. I'm telling you, like we're kind of like a Library Bards. You can find us anywhere, and it whatever you write to the Library Bards, it goes to both of us. So if you want to write me, you can write me on there. If you want to write him, if you want to write both of us. If you just want to write in general and you don't have any specification of where it goes, you can just write us. We don't care. <laughs> if you want advice, recipes, yeah, that sort exactly. of thing. Speaking yeah, of library you know, bards, be... oh, yes. we're going to end the show with my favorite song off the album Bardcore. Now, which song could that be? I don't know. Which is your favorite? Now you've got the bridge, Spock. And I like it because it's from a song from my yeah. generation. That many people, and that's why I was asking you this earlier, like, are you trying to fit this in any kind of box? And I was like, oh, man, no, finally, a song from, 
Because I'm an old man. I'm 46. So this is a and song. And he's also a super Trekkie. more 80s and 90s uh, into I think that's our smart. music. Because that's the music I love listening to. So that was my influence. Hey, Xander, we don't really have to do top hits of this decade. Ha-ha. <laughs> so look, the world look, is uh, our oyster. Look for it. You, you'll be very excited to hear our Power Rangers song, our Princess Bride song. These are some of the new songs that we're working on that'll be on the next album. That will all be you from just like got the eighties and nineties. Yes, I heard Princess, Princess Bride, Bride and I was like, "Yay!" Yes, yes. that is my yes. favorite book and movie of all time. Yes. And we've been trying to write a Princess Bride song for the longest time. And then we were both in a bar for a friend's birthday, and a song came over the radio or like over the sound system. And we and Xander and I both looked at each other and we're like, "This is the one." And it's, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what it is, because it's already written, so no one can steal it, hopefully not. Uh, it's The Killers, Mr. Brightside. Oh, nice. But it's the Princess Bride. I like it. Well, I was after a trailer. Oh, yeah. I like it. All right, we got to get out of here. I need five minutes to right. recondition myself. Thank you so much, Bonnie and Dee. Why don't you hit you some library it. bards? 